Freedom to fly? Another way of saying freedom to run. And so it goes with the crew of the experimental starship Void Jammer. And the clock never stops ticking. Unpaid bills, old enemies, and a rival crew nip at their heels as they strike out for the best area. Friday, Saren, Relora, and Ballad know that when work comes calling, you grit your teeth and bear it. Sometimes simple folk don't live simple lives. And these former cargo haulers turned merchant smugglers will discover just how complicated their future stands to be as they enter a dangerous game. No rules, no time, no guarantee of safety. Just another day on the job, far beyond the stars. I'm prepped. I'm ready. I have discovered increasingly that I'm not actually prepared for what the four of you decide to do. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm just going to play it a lot. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just not going to try. I'm going to try a lot less hard to get everything prepped because then you just decide to do something I could not anticipate anyway. And but, it's a pretty good time. By the way, I don't speak for the group, but Abby, if there is a specific avenue or direction you would like us to go for story sounding a podcast better, Feel free to give us that guidance. You can give us that guidance without telling us. No, like, I know that. And I've given you this guidance before. I'm. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not under that, control. I, I'm, I just, I'm I, delighted I just, with the new and unexpected directions you take it. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just, you, you. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, man, Abby seemed really frustrated at the end of last recording. I better make sure, better make sure we don't like keep making her frustrated. <laughs> no, I wasn't actually frustrated. I was jokingly frustrated. <laughs> that was that was more of the check-in. I just wanted to make yeah, sure. You were you I'm not gonna lie, the four of you were stressing me out. <laughs> but not uh, not in a bad way, if that makes if that makes sense. Uh it was deeply exciting and it really keeps me on my toes. And I genuinely think it's making for a more interesting story than just playing this AP uh just playing it straight, as it were. You're playing it all in an extremely gay way, and yes. I really like that. Vibing hard, it's great. Um, I promise that if there's ever a moment where I'm like, "Okay, guys, this is getting too shenanigany," um, I need you. I need you to rein it in with the with the devious the devious plots and plans. Uh, I will. I will let you know. But last episode was so much fun. I actually, I genuinely really enjoyed it. And I think it made for a nice cinematic moment of you're trying to wheel and deal. You're trying to make this thing work. And then the warehouse doors open and boom. Yeah, that was, that was cool. (laughs) Because the other crew is also devious. And I thought that was a lot of fun. I love, I love the four of you attempt like matching wits with this other crew. It was a really good time. trying to trying to out uh shenanigan them and out like thief them when yep. you know our captain is our captain and as much as i love friday is not one for for thieving thieverine <laughs> i don't know he was doing his best that last episode I, I feel i feel like every word out of dustin's mouth was a devious deceptious deception plot i really felt like i leaned into my chaos part of my alignment very well last episode <laughs> <laughs> you all did i was very proud 
<laughs> <laughs> trying to pull in favors with people you already know on the station, oh, trying to hack fire alarms, trying to steal things before other people could steal them. It was all very good. Trying to bungee jump off a tower when it's not normally an okay thing at that time. <laughs> yeah, you got really fixated on bungee jumping off the tower. Well, when you added the laser element, I just got really interested all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come back on a Saturday, which today is not. <laughs> what's a sa- What's a Saturday? I think it actually does sister. go by like... No, I don't know. No. Your sister. <laughs> I was going to say your mama, but it's just Friday's sister. Uh-huh. Or brother. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, or Friday brother. does literally... Do you have a... No, you don't. None of, no weekend nope. days. Friday no weekend oh. days in Friday's family. Yeah, there's a I Monday through... There's Monday through Friday... Gotcha. Before we get going with today's episode, there were two of you who mentioned that you wanted to swap some stuff out uh, on your character builds. And I thought that sounded like a fun idea because you got access to Galactic Magic and Hero Lab. Have you done it yet? What'd you get? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I I did some fun ones. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, incense the galactic mistress so i went with some mm. fun ones i believe <laughs> i originally had as a cantrip go sound and thinking some other one although now it's gonna drive me crazy mm-hmm. oh star walk which that one sounded fun so i had those as cantrips i swapped them out for adhere which is so cute you create a molecular bond between an object you touch up to a bulk of one plus my caster level and another <laughs> object or surface that the object is touching. You could also um, nice. touch a surface of five foot square to become charged with adhering magic for one round per, per level. But I, I'm picturing <laughs> just using like refrigerator magnets or put stuff like um, just for, um, for fun. Like, oh, instead of holding the flashlight, I could just adhere it somewhere or put stuff to hold my bags. You know, those little things oh. that they have. The little, you can make little purse hooks wherever yes. you go. Oh, my God. When those came out, <laughs> this I is bought a, like, a ton now. for my mom. Those were so <laughs> cool. Um, what did I get my mom like a little butterfly one? But they had so many cute ones. But yes, I was like, oh my god, I could have hooks for my bags and just put them everywhere. You know, there's just I'm picturing now the the so many applications. It has bags hanging from like every hallway, just has a bag ready to go. And it's a cantrip. Um, Yeah, it's a cantrip. Super cool. Uh, Absolutely. I can also uh definitely envision scenarios where like maybe an enemy is trying to pick something up and you're just kind of like, no, you don't. No, no, you don't there. get that. <laughs> but I, I, that sounded like fun. I did I did get Misfire, which I think this is where we overlap, Dustin. I think you have that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a close range one. So any object that uses batteries or ammunition that doesn't have a bulk of three or has a tech item that's higher than my level, you can have it um, Misfire on its next, the oh, next good. time it's being used. Two of used. you can do that now. That's fun. Reactions. Um, yeah. It says an object can be the target of this spell only once twenty four hours. So I'm I'm thinking it doesn't overlap. Dustin can't do it one because it specifically just says an object can't. You can't cast. It just says an object can't be the target of the spell. So we can't stack stack them. So if a Friday's doing it on one oh. specific object, I can't do it on that object. So it'll be helpful in group settings but if it's just like a one person with his huge gun we can't stack them so i think that's a nice little 
close the loop for a for a cantrip. It's a neat little cantrip, but I mean, obviously, it can get o power o- op. If you could just but, do that every time anybody tries mm-hmm. to do anything, but uh, but no, but still definitely useful and prove and uh, prove useful a couple episodes ago. That's cool. That's super cool. For first level, these are the ones also a lot of fun ones. I um. This one might not be from it because it doesn't say that it's from it, but maybe I just missed it on my last go around. It's Jolting Surge. I could touch a device. Uh, I could touch a target with a device that I'm holding that uses electricity, or target something on them that uses electricity, and it basically does damage. So it could basically get a calculator and turn it into a taser, which is fun. Uh, I think you know it goes with kind of with the technomancy. Um, yes. Yeah, kinda, absolutely. That's a really for good it. I thought choice. that was super fun. You yeah. know, Miss Fanny zapping you of your being uh, naughty. Um, <laughs> and then I got fluid. This one's totally up the alley here is fluid morphism. And Lashunta's experimented with his magic based on their species dimorphism. So I can reignite the epigenic process. Um that's sometimes environmental factors that can affect the um, genotype, or no, phenotype of uh, yep. um, genetics, which I thought was cool just to read up on that. Yeah, epigenetics are wild. Starfinder, hey, thanks. I, I, I went off on a tangent reading articles. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. This is why sci-fi rocks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is sweet. <laughs> But yeah, I can give uh, an enhancement bonus to ability checks with a score, and I can I can use a standard action to to swap them out. So uh, th- that should be fun to use as well. Those were those really spoke to me as a Miss Fanny type spell. So I, I definitely wanted to add them into the repertoire. Awesome! Those are all really fun choices. I really wish that I could take Misfire away from you. <laughs> i hate that one uh but good uh good good choices all around all right uh jess you were also eyeballing something right from galactic magic switch out yeah there's not that much for solarians in there but there is something really cool called broken cycle where instead of you you know having to balance the revelations you take um or whatever they're called what are they called hold on yeah they're stellar revelations revelations. stellar yeah Instead of taking a balance of both, Graviton and Photon, I can choose one or the other and basically only go into that mode. So I chose Photon mode because I feel like, you know, it's it's thematic for Ballad. We're going into a, a story zone where it's like the cycle of creation and destruction is, you know, it's inevitable and all that. But she's she's trying to create things now and yeah. be part of creating things. So I like... That now she can only enter photon mode. Uh, I also there was something that happened at third level where I get um, it's called side real influence, and you get to choose like basically some skills you get a bonus on um, by using you know Solarian power. And before I had you uh, you know I I had to choose one from the graviton skills list and one from the photon skills list. Now they're gotcha. both photon skills, of course. So it's Amazing. culture and intimidate. Yeah, in- instead of uh, before I had disguise and culture, but I had to change it to culture and intimidate. So I get bonuses now when I. That's uh, good. You this party needs more culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to meditate to activate it, but you know, it's one of those things. So yeah, that'll that'll be fun. You know, I can't use like 
my my graviton revelations anymore you know goodbye to those no more black hole not that i ever freaking used it but because <laughs> yeah, you were are just low. complaining that it wasn't useful so. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the saves are just real well, bummer dc 13 come on <laughs> well, and that's why like i know that it's not technically a level up a level up moment but that's why like when these new expansions come out i do think that uh that that's why i do like the idea of giving you guys opportunities uh, or giving you all opportunities to go through and uh, find stuff that you might want to switch out or replace with as more as more stuff becomes available uh yes. just just to just to make it a little more just to make, just, just to make it a little more fun and a little more fair and if you're t- and if you just don't like something i don't want you to have to keep using it heidi you raised your hand what's up <laughs> oh so i decided i actually made some changes as well Oh, you did! Oh, I thought that I thought you were joking about that, uh, like level twenty artifact thing that you were. Well, <laughs> I didn't go for that one. I decided to go ahead and just completely rebuild Saren from level one and replace Jambot oh, with a. No, no, I didn't do any of that. That is not dispensation <laughs> that I gave you. <laughs> that would not be allowed. I said you could now, switch out on. like one to two things if you want. I, I'm just saying. I was looking at. Uh, I was looking at Tech Revolution and. There is a very, very cool looking alternate intelligence option in that. Instead of get taking the drone or the AI like exocortex, you can basically just build your own custom vehicle that is yours for like the entire thing. The uh... art for it is the art included <laughs> is phenomenal. Um, I didn't do that, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> I figured I'd make the joke. <laughs> okay, no. excellent. So there were some cool options for witch <gasps> That's warpers. Cool. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I, Heidi. I thought you were done, but just in case you weren't done. No, I'm because I think up. Heidi, you actually you, you took some stuff for real, right? No, I didn't. You didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't take anything. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> this does like this vehicle does look so super cool, though. Right. You you made some mistakes when you were building Saren. <laughs> revolution didn't exist i know <laughs> i mean that said if you ever want if you, if you ever want to talk about about a re about a bit of a respec there are things that you can buy in universe to to saren saren will just turn jambot into a vehicle into a like, car yeah <laughs> i i did joke last uh, uh on our chats that we should use our shipbuilding points to build a, a new bessie maybe we maybe we just build jambot bessie <laughs> i mean you can do that like I, I will i would allow it if jam you wanted bessie. to yeah you could make a jam bessie if you want <laughs> i don't know how but we'd figure it out i think you just build like a car and then figure out a way to make have like a jambot in like plug-in feature well i mean heidi if you did want to do that what we could do is just make jambot the ai for the ship because i don't want jambot to go away but that way jambot's still around and then you could have something like that can always work i i'm not getting rid of jambot i love jambot too much (laughs) i spent way too long adding that little jambot flying into your intro to to get rid of jambot Jambot becomes an app that everybody has oh, and develops into an app <laughs> on your little com terminal. <laughs> oh, that's uh, passive income for Saren. Is like, oh, this is <laughs> you. You want Jambot? You have to purchase the app. Yeah, create the Jambot app so that everyone can stream their music and create <laughs> playlists. Uh, now I'm a multimillionaire who owns Jambotify. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dustin, you were going to say something about Witch Warpers. Yeah, uh, 
did you did you add something or swap something out? I did add a few things, but I want to talk about these three cool alternative options that I'm not going to take any of them, but they are so cool. One is infinite tech, where basically uh, as I gain levels in spell casting, I can add, I can summon, I can pull in armor from other realities and weapons and just basically use them for the battles, uh, which I thought was a really cool idea. The thing is, is I have to get rid of infinite worlds to do that. The other one is Infinity Lash, which basically gives me, they integrated whips into Witch Warpers so that I can basically summon a parallel reality whip that I can use. And then the one I almost was going to do, but I don't want to lose Infinite Worlds as my option, is called Projected. So basically with Projected at third level, I'm able to harness reality to to erase me as a move action i can flicker in and out of existence granting myself a 20 percent mischance at six level oh, i can that's pretty manipulate reality to expand or compress me so i can basically go up a size or down a size if i want nice and at 12th level i can do projected where i can basically make mere visions of myself wherever i want on the map but uh i didn't want to get rid of infinite worlds because infinite worlds was the thing that made me fall in love with which Warp- warpers and so I did swap out some spells. I swapped out two first level spells that I just never use because they suck, honestly. Uh, and I got Adam and Galactic Magic added some cool spells. I added Adamantine Shot, which basically lets me turn anybody's ammo into Adamantine Shots, which increases with level. And then I added Remove Condition Lesser. Uh, nice. So that way one of us That's has that. That's pretty cool. And then for zero level, I added varied veneer to match up with my charming veneer, which basically when I, I can make an object imp- appear broken or otherwise worthless. I almost I almost took that one. That's fun. Like uh, nice. That's kind of a nice blend of like combat stuff and fun stuff for role play, potentially. Nice choices. <laughs> nice choices all around. Uh, Heidi, if you do ever find anything in Tech Revolution that you want to swap out for, do let me know. <laughs> All right. Because everybody else got to change out for fun stuff. So you definitely are allowed to, too, at some future date. Okay. Well, now that we've established what everybody kind of did some light respecking on, I think it's time to get into the actual show. Because it's time for episode 23, gang. You have so much to show for it, too. You've done a lot in 23 hours. You stole a ship. Renamed her the Void Jammer. You signed on a trio of Space Goblin siblings as crew. You're having them install a sweet new signal booster for your drift engine. It's going to make your deliveries just whip fast all the time. And uh, on the strength of that, you were ready to go secure your first job. You went down to the Downlow to a club called the Revenant Urge on Tarika's direction to meet with Rishay Tilvarin. He's a necrographs broker who had secured the corpses from the recent tragedy aboard the Harlequin's Prayer, which was a cruise liner that had, officially anyway, run afoul of pirates and was found adrift all hands dead. You four, of course, have suspicions of foul play there instead, but as of yet, Mm -hmm. you really haven't had a way to use that information. Unfortunately for you, another crew beat you to the punch securing that job. You ran into Captain Neva Rovo of the Wintermorn, which is a amazing name for a ship and uh two of her crew nemolith and dizzy you found them wrapping up the deal that you had hoped to get for yourselves but you're a devious crew you concocted a plan to get the necrographs delivered to the void jammer instead of the winter morn and it all went really well with saren and miss fanny managing to hack into the warehouse's database to change the order form 
The only problem is that there was nothing there for the warehouse folks to deliver. Uh, Friday and Ballad learned from Riche that the crew of the Winter Morn had distracted her with aggressive negotiations while their pilots stole the Blackheart Necrographs right out from under her nose. Son of a bitch. (sighs) What are you going to do? Them's bad breaks. Riche is naturally infuriated, and she's given Friday and Ballad a tip for how they can go out and secure more black hearts and hopefully beat the Winter Morn to the buyer on Vesk 2. You've been told to go to a necroforge in the Sparks District run by a man named Rigan Vool. Which brings us to the present moment, Friday and Ballad exiting the club with the new objective of persuading him to give you the necrographs you need, and Saren and Fanny standing in the Void Jammer's empty hold after being told there was no cargo to deliver anymore. What do you want to do? Easy enough to convince this fool. We can have no problem there, I'm sure. Not a problem <laughs> at all. Saren, how's uh, how's our goblin team doing with the installation? Miss Galactic Mistress? Yes. How is the goblin team doing with the, the, the engine installation? Uh, you find out from Goog that repairs are proceeding on schedule. It's like, okay, so I managed, I got it to stop sparking, which was good. And uh, between the three of us, we've actually got it you know, like physically on, but it is, it's, it's, it's attached, you know, but it is going to take us another two days. He holds up three fingers to <laughs> actually, uh, you know, get it, get it like working with the ship's software. So you're just going to have to be patient. All right. I will let the captain know. Uh, and Saren buzzes, buzzes Friday back and says, just got an update from Goog. And it looks like we've got another two days before our ship's going to be operational. Well, Sarah and Fanny, why don't you uh, get back here and we'll uh, go meet this Rygan and see if we can work it out. And then we can get back to the ship and see if we can get get done a little sooner. Absolutely. Let me just uh, finish up with these uh, finger food. So by now, now that uh, she's back on the ship, she's back in Relora, Relora form and has been bringing snacks for the goblin crews like... You know, a good crew runs on their stomach, so here we go. I need I need you bellies full and spirits light and is, you know, plying them with food, little snacks. <laughs> uh, you are their favorite. They are absolutely delighted. Uh, they've they've never had it so good. They were living in a literal junk pile. Uh, scrounging <laughs> scrounging right. for food before this and now they're working on a brand new starship installing a thing and uh, this nice lady keeps bringing them snacks and stuff that's not even mostly it's not even old garbage it's just like fresh food <laughs> it's it's an exciting time for your space your space goblin crew <laughs> cleaning their mouths with a, like, with a little napkin so, oh you got oh. a little oh there you go my little mijo it's okay well I'm gonna set up some um communications here of you folks run into any technical support that you need uh, I've got the channels open uh, ring Saren you'll be good hands good hands thank you <laughs> I figured that way they could do they could do with this <laughs> tech support call if anything looks weird where they could put the camera up to it and get uh, Saren could help from it virtually you know it's what? a future there you, Telework, there you go there you go I, I do I do like that idea I think I think that is that is funny. In fact, Saren, make me an engineering check. I will allow you to to assist them if it's this way. 
Okay. <laughs> where they where they phone a friend tech support with questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to roll my die. Uh, I rolled a 17 on the die for a 28 total. Oh, great. Nice. Yeah. So throughout the day, they will be checking in with you, asking asking questions about just how the ship runs in general, particular questions about the actual uh, any software issues that have been coming up from them. And uh, your engineering know-how is so good. You are able to remotely help them over great. a data pad. Yay, teleworking. I, hold on. Let me just let me just like remote sign into your desktop and do data <laughs> yeah. and connect in and there we go. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I will find absolutely the worst possible moment to try to spring one of those oh. phone calls on you, I think. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I'll tell you I'll tell I'll let, I'll figure out later how much time that actually saves, but I do think that's funny. Okay, so the goblins have snacks. The goblins are installing the signal booster. What are the four of you doing? We're going to head down to Rygan Bull. Saren and I will leave the ship. Yeah, going to gonna leave the ship at the care of our goblins. Mm-hmm. Our gooblins. Your gooblins. Goog, Fleegrieve, and Rattlesnarp, the three most charmingest space goblins oh, ever. Fleegrieblin. Ugh, Miss Fanny's just gonna have a, a time just just doting doting on the new crew. They're gonna be her new goblin grandbabies. They're literally the happiest space goblins ever. Okay, so the four of you meet up and you head down to the Sparks neighborhood in the Spike, which is where Ragenbull's Necroforge slash Cult Sanctum is located. Riche has told Ballad and Friday that he calls it Singularity House, and she said this with a bit of an eye roll. And she tells you that he really only does business with people who believe, as he does, in the singularity philosophy, or the pursuit of infinite existence through undeath. And thus, most of his clients also have become his followers. Oh. So he's got a little bit of a cult of personality set up around himself. Oh, boy. If anyone would like to make me, cool. make me a culture check, I may have a little more. I'm semi-decent at culture. Would it be underground-related? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and let you have that bonus on the strength of you are familiar with the people in question. And would I have time to use my side real influence? Yeah, you can meditate on it if you want. Tight. Okay. So for uh, I have culture, would that be an aid? An aid to ballad roll? Yeah, one one of you may aid. Okay, I'll I'll I got a oh. twenty five to aid. Or all of you can roll the culture check. Sure. Okay, so I got a twenty seven total. Oh okay. my. Uh, Heidi, what did you get? I rolled a sixteen. Great. Did you give it a shot, Dustin? I don't. I have no culture. <laughs> you have no culture. <laughs> you uncultured swine. Uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well then, yes, ballad and Saren. And Ballad kind of piecing this together with Miss Fanny's help. You would know that most of the actual undead consider this entire idea to be both blasphemous and also hilarious, as merely getting necrographs does not make one undead. The actual process is grueling, it takes many years, and only the necrosages of Eox know how to do it at all. Most living folks who actually do make the transition only do so after years of toil and service to the necrosages to even become worthy of the honor. So this cult is also very much a scam. All right. 
right. Sounds like some nonsense. Yeah. Necrographs. They're such a scam. Not the necrographs <laughs> this guy's cult is, though, but... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cults in general, like, uh, scams. <laughs> I should know. I was in one. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, we'll go to the mall and talk about everything. Okay, Let's yeah, we need mall. to go to the mall for sure. <laughs> we need to go have a mall talk. We need talk to have about a mall things talk. and stuff. <laughs> Cults. Cults. That's where all important hmm. discussions happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been in <laughs> a cult. <laughs> You've never been in one in any of your forms? I don't think so. Oh, by the way, I'm talking this way because Miss Fanny, upon leaving the ship, has taken another form to walk around the station in. And Hell is yes, who? Walking around as Vix, which is her vest Ooh. form. I put it up in our on our chat channel, but is sleeker reptilian <gasps> form oh. with light and dark green bands for the tail and sp- uh, spikes kind of up on the upper brow and and lower jaws with piercing yellow eyes. So this is Vix. And that's, uh, I'm so happy. Form. Gorgeous. Good. Amazing. Walking around with the tail. Is, fa- is Fanny going to be okay with only two arms? Uh, the, the tail's making up for it, but they do feel a little... They feel a little off, like they feel like the torso feels super naked, um, <laughs> especially since they went from, you know, four slash six arms to the four arm Sheeran. Now this one's just two arms, but, you know, the tail's helping out with feeling, <laughs> making them feel a little bit more complete. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that, there's still like a, a nice solid third limb there. Yeah. I'll have to check out cults maybe down the line just to just to see what they're about. But as a, just as a, a observation... See how the that half lives. I uh, I wouldn't recommend it. It was not really a fun experience. No, it's like that's yeah, that's like one of the worst. Well, no, no offense, Saren. That's like one of the worst <laughs> decisions you can make. Oh, I also not your fault. Get to it's make this decision. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, the rest of that conversation is definitely for, uh, julep cup style conversations mm-hmm. that need to be saved for a different time. Uh, because in the meantime, you have arrived at Singularity House. You enter uh, through a set of wide double doors. I tap us all with charming veneer, as usual. Perfect. Excellent. Oh. Then I'm going to stare at Friday, and the reptilian eyes glow a little bit. And it's kind of like in the TV where you see a scrolling scrolling text go up in their eye near the eyes like they have they have like a computer a hud in their irises and he's staring at the captain and sees kind of their how their genetic works and brings out the natural even more natural charisma that's part of the captain so friday now has a plus two enhancement bonus on their charisma checks (laughs) what skill was that what'd you use i use this was their new galactic magic fluid morphism Oh, I use the power of epigenetics. Right. So, fam, that gives me Damn. a plus 14 diplomacy. I don't think he needed the help, Angel. And I, <laughs> you I, never I, know. I will say I feel a little betrayed because. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Just a, just a small a little, amount because Dustin little, already like wins any diplomatic conversation he gets into ever. He doesn't need the assistance. <laughs> hey, I could roll a one. 
No, you couldn't. Uh-huh. You never do. It's almost impossible. So <laughs> watch this be the time. And it's like, yeah, way to jinx me there, Abby. Yeah, I really hope I did. Just once. Just All once. Right. I'd like you to fall flat on your face. <laughs> Although, if but it makes so you feel beautiful. better, Galactic Mistress, that takes away one a potential ability to supercharge Ballad's weapon. That does make me feel better. <laughs> so it does come with a cost. <laughs> Be excellent. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel less betrayed. And I feel I, f- I think that's totally oh, fair. Okay. So you've entered Singularity House. You find yourselves in a surprisingly professionally appointed waiting room for what you were expecting. There are comfortable chairs, low tables, complimentary beverage station along one wall. And directly in front of you is a computer interface with two large screens displaying promotional videos for various necrographs that you can get. Uh, The only thing that really differentiates it from any other doctor's office that the plants flanking the doors feature blood red flowers and segmented leaves that resemble finger bones. So is there a place we can like log in or put our information or uh, attend it or something? Yeah, if you approach the computer console at the front of the room, a very pleasant-sounding receptionist voice comes out saying, like, Hello, welcome to Singularity House. Please state your name, com ID, and what you'd like an appointment for in your message. Uh, we're here to meet with uh, Rygan Vool, the great and powerful of the infinite. Do you have an appointment? We don't. We just have uh, some business. I'm afraid Mr. Vool only sees people who have an appointment. If you state your name, com ID, and what you'd like an appointment for, we can get back to you. Well, we'd like to we'd like to do some business, and we'd like to spend a lot of money. Riche had us come this way to make them rich. And I I, I don't know what to do for a com ID because I don't know what that means. So uh, okay, um, we'll I'm just say that you Friday also knows, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we know it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just say Friday stated his name and his com ID. Go ahead and make me a bluff check. That is a twenty-one. Okay. The pleasant receptionist's voice goes away, and out instead comes a different, much crankier-sounding voice, uh, saying, All right, fine. If Riche sent you, I guess. Uh, come on back to the Necroforge, and I'll show you what immortality looks like. I'm looking forward to it. Ooh. And then a door on the eastern wall just whooshes open. Do they have brochures, like, in the front, or they're, like, all digital? They've got the QR codes. Uh, you can you, yes you, you there is a there is a one of those QR code scanny things you can scan with your data pad that uh, downloads all of the various necrographs that you could get at this fine establishment. I'm gonna do that. They'll be reading on the way over. Maybe they'll see me as a gullible sap. Okay, well, let's head in. Taking <laughs> a look around. Okay, so as you head into the second room uh you this seems to you like it's it's some sort of medical recovery room it is very very small it's bare just containing two 10 foot long holographic recovery units uh which are just small chambers that provide recovery simulations to promote healing for surgery patients both are currently empty as you pass through the door after that you enter what clearly appears to be a surgery room. And this room uh, includes an overhead robotic arm with an integrated lamp and several medical imaging devices all on a track above a surgery table littered with implements and spattered with blood. Oh. Oh, they really don't bother cleaning up there after themselves, do they? 
Someone could get tetanus from this. Yeah, you. Go ahead and roll a perception yeah. check in this room. Vix will unconsciously be reaching for a moist towelette and just brings up their arm back. It's like, nope, nope, <laughs> not my area to clean. Uh, 19 perception. On a 19, you are able to rummage through a couple drawers and then also lying just straight up on the table is a dermal stapler and a standard battery. Uh, there's also in the storage lockers, there's two tier one analgesics, two tier one antibiotics, two tier one coagulants, and two tier one excitants. Is there a camera in this room? Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I, I won't be grabbing Yeah, Your perception either. check also will show you that there is indeed a camera in this room that is tracking you. <laughs> okay. So, so Friday's not going to go rummaging through. Uh, it, it's more of a like surface perception, but if there's a camera in there, definitely not going to do anything. We'll, we'll observe the things that are available in this room, but not take them. Fabulous. <laughs> okay. Then you go through and get another pair of wide double doors and come out into what you assume is the Necroforge. The Necroforge. When you enter this room, you notice the first thing is that it is A, absolutely huge, and B, features a circle of eight 10-foot-long translucent glass capsules, each containing a corpse surrounded by a foreboding red circle of magic. And Rygan Vool himself stands at a bank of computers on the western wall watching the display screens overhead that appear to be connected to the security cameras, including the room that you were just in. And Rygan Vool is this guy. Wow, he's so big. He's huge. He's a giant. Mega mind-looking motherfucker. He's, yeah, mega mind. That is such a good, descri- a good way to describe him. This man <laughs> is absolutely mega mind. He oh my god! Is- Wait, he looks like mega mind fused with uh, Darth Vader in <laughs> when he oh. takes his mask off in the very last. <laughs> he kind of looks like a rounded right version of dies. Frankenstein. Like the head kind of looks like a rounded Frankenstein head. <laughs> Yeah, uh, rounded Frankenstein, Mega Mind style head. Uh, he's got gray skin. He's wearing a very tight uh, sort of second skin armor situation with a raggedy cloak that I think he feels gives him more of an air of mystery. And he is standing by the computers along the Western Wall mm. and kind of spins around to face you and goes and says, All right, what's so urgent about your business? Well, well, Mr. Vool, uh, in your infinite wisdom, I'm hoping you can help us out here. We're looking to procure some necrographs, and Riche recommended you as the person that might be able to help us with that. And she did, did she? Well, I'm afraid you're out of luck. Riche knows full well that my necrographs are expensive and only reserved for certain people. I'm afraid I can't help. Well, I think I think you should know we we're mightily deservingly of those uh, necrographs, and we'd love to come to some arrangement. Uh, let me roll a diplomacy here. Ballad does does say well, Ballad, or when in the gaps, she'll be like, well, you know, uh, Rishi got screwed over by a little Isoki friend, uh, and we're just trying to make good on the deal that she originally wanted to do instead of letting them screw her over. And I'm sure Riche would be very appreciative if you would help us help her. You know what I'm saying? Potential for some making some money. It's mighty lucrative. Not to mention, 
We've heard your necrographs are top-tier necrographs, and we're sure it will prosthetize the word of such great work on your name across the, the worlds where we're going to be delivering this to. Uh, okay, go ahead and make me go ahead and make me that diplomacy check. Let's see. Uh, that is 22 plus 4, so 26. Yes, as if you ever could roll a diplomacy check that was low. <laughs> it was, a, it was kind of 11. It was an 11. It was on the low side. Whatever, man. <laughs> with your bonuses. Yeah, okay. And then especially sort of with Ballad stepping in there. So you're like, it would be good to get the word out, I suppose. I don't... There, I just don't have much of a market out in the Vescarium. Really. And Riche, well, we're business partners. We're not exactly friends, but I do, I do see your point. I guess no, it's possible we could do business. But I would have. Um, he sort of wiggles his fingers, brings them together, and sort of taps them. I suggest one uh, further trade. Otherwise, uh, it may get very expensive indeed to purchase my necrographs from me and bring them out to the Vescarium. But uh, I have been working on a little, uh, a new necrograph, something a little experimental, something that I haven't gotten to test on anyone yet. And if I had a volunteer... Saren raises your hand. Ooh, 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 really? Well, what does it do? Ah, okay, well, do remember, this is a working theory. But it is a uh, an adrenal gland implement implantation that I've been working on. I think I'm actually getting a, a little closer to actually achieving uh, true undeath-like qualities without actually going through the process of being turned into a ghoul. It really might be the you would be deeply honored of of being the the first person to really start. Achieving the singularity dream. Oh, ooh! Vix is gonna applaud, kind of like a sycophant. Like, oh, bravo! <laughs> I've been just reading about those. According to the brochure, and just reads out like the, whatever propaganda is on the brochures. Like, oh well, Saren, according to this, these are the top of the line, and it just whatever it says on the brochure for the masses is what Vix will be reading. Oh, bro, bravo! How oh, someone who understands. Excellent. Oh the proper God. spirit. If one of you will agree to be my test subject. I will part with the required necrographs. Sense motive. Uh, all right. Uh, 19. Would that even work on an Android? That's one thing, Ballot. I'm just out of, <laughs> you know, curiosity in the conversation. You know, I don't actually know. I don't know if... I think androids can get necrographs. Yes, they I'm can. I'm pretty sure. I do have, like, all the parts, you know? Yeah, it's... You're a, you're a, you're biomechanical. Uh, so yeah. you definitely do have enough bio in there to make a necrograft possible. At Ballad's question, if Ballad asked that question out loud, he would get even more excited. And it's be like, like, oh, I believe it would work. But it would have some interesting applications to try to hook it into your overall biomechanical matrix. Right. It would be fun. Well, and what about what about Shimreens? Do you have an adrenal gland? Um, yeah. I mean, I have adrenaline, so I have an adrenal gland. But I'm just curious, okay. you know, would we be able to... Uh, do, how, how do you go about um, implanting it in, you know, someone made of rock? Also, is it mm. fleshy or is it... Could you could you fit it to be, like, say, made of crystal? Well, it is quite fleshy. Oh. 
Well, sorry, then I will turn. I will not volunteer. (laughs) (laughs) I could potentially fashion a casing for it that I could put in place of your current more crystalline adrenal gland or maybe hollow it out, I suppose, and and put in the fleshy one and, uh, you know, tie some nerve endings together and whatnot. I'm sure that sounds very surgical and totally real. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I'm sorry. I'm quite attached to my crystals, so... I I don't like the idea of having, you know, flesh inside of me. Any other takers? (laughs) It's quite an exciting experiment. Uh, Minimal side effects. Only about four hours of surgery required, I think, for for most of you. And uh, you'll get all kinds of immunities to to cold damage and poison and other things that undead people are immune to. That was a 19 on my sense motive, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You did roll sense motive. Uh, you, he seems like a mad scientist who seems mm. really jazzed about the idea of performing unsanctioned and unethical medical experiments on whomever mm. walks in here and is willing to do it. <laughs> mm. uh, you also got the sense that in exchange for your cooperation, he uh, absolutely would give you the necrographs that you require. He has been having a difficult time finding someone willing to let him experiment. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> is it his bedside manner? Is it his sales pitch? Who can say? <laughs> well, what do you say, Ballad? Well, you know, I'm always happy to... I don't mind either. Whoever wants it. I'm already, you know, I'm already pretty sturdy over here being biomechanical and all that. A lot of that seems redundant for me. Well, then I'll be glad to give it a shot. I could always use another <laughs> adrenal gland, two or three. Nice. Excellent, excellent. Adrenal glands are like limbs. You can never have too many. How many do you have currently? I'm very curious. Growing in another one. No, um... (laughs) I don't know enough about... New form, many (laughs) adrenaline glands. I know, I have so many. Just nothing but adrenal glands. (laughs) Yeah, a lump of adrenal glands. That's true. Um, I don't know how that works, I guess, for astrozoans. I know, um... Hmm, that is an interesting Yeah, that's what... (laughs) That's why I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm like, now we can sort of hammer out some of the, those things. Like, huh, some of how the world that work? <laughs> I suppose you could, I suppose you'll get to count when you're in there. Huh? <laughs> you'll be in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. They're, well, I guess you're going to find out, right? They're an Astrozoan. Like, you, right? You would know. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean, really? sorry, I didn't mean to out you. Oh, I suppose that'd be better for the surgery. Yes, I can. Oh, I can hold my form. Information, so you can hold it. Well, hmm. Um, hmm. What would happen? Hmm. It's very interesting because you change your tissue uh, constantly, as I as I recall from my I have admittedly limited knowledge about astrozoans, but I do believe that you could absorb it, and Whoa. and it would still be active in oh, other a, forms. Whoa. I suppose it would help to be in my base form. Hmm, that's the easiest for me to move around. What's your base form? They do that same, like, go into the vest form, starts getting gooey, comes all together into, like, a goo ball, and then starts expanding. And there before you is a uh, pink, ruddy, you know, reddish, um, tentacled, monstrous, deliciously monstrous astrozoan. Like this. This is <gasps> what I'll... Aren't I marvelous? That, that is a surprise. Hmm. You are rather large to get onto my surgery table. 
I don't suppose you could make yourself small. Oh, well, I can compress. That's actually so off, uh, well, on air, but off character is Astrozones <laughs> have a compression ability. They could actually move that. in like at one eighth the squeeze of, um, yeah, they could actually compress. So they can, I can move through an area as small as a one quarter without squeezing and then one eighth space while squeezing. It's like an octopus with the beak. Yeah. The, as a, anything their beak can fit through, oh, they can fit through. Yeah. Isn't that pretty sweet? <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem. They compress in a little bit more to like a more manageable size. Fantastic. In fact, if you want to include additional product for us to transport, feel free to hold on to a few cells for your research. Deal. He looks delighted. He looks giddy AF. I know these cells are very hard to come by, so get <laughs> while the getting's good. I've never... Oh, yes, absolutely. I will add an additional two tons. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, uh, I do believe we can do uh, business, as you mentioned. Uh, he nods at Friday when you came in. <laughs> when you came in here originally, mm, uh, I will need two days. Two days to get the required fifty-two tons of necrographs ready for you. It is kind of just me in here, and I will need to source <laughs> some corpses. I don't have. As many as I think that. But that's not for you to worry about. You're the client. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me go ahead and I'll... Uh, you, you, uh, go go wait in the surgery room. I'll be right with you. Uh, it's going... The surgery will take about four hours. So if you, the others, are willing to wait in my waiting room, you're more than welcome to. Or go do whatever and come pick your friend up afterwards. Wait, did I forget something, or do do we know where a bunch of corpses are, actually? <laughs> that big penis ship. Well, the, the, the big penis ship, oh, that was right, where the, the original ship. necrographs were coming from. Oh, right, the, okay. Yeah, no, that's... Okay, I I thought that might be the case, but I just want to make sure. Just confirming. That, that is reminding me, like, wasn't there... Didn't last, last episode or the one before that, wasn't there something about, like, the... I seemed to, I was looking back at the notes. I was vaguely remembering something about, like, they believe it was... It was sabotage why the ship yes. like, got exploded mm-hmm. and there's yes, like Saren gummy and residue. Confirm. And mm-hmm. this guy wants yep. like all these necrographs. Yep. Huh. That is that is something that you are remembering accurately. The Harlequin's prayer uh was ostensibly beset by pirates. Let me go ahead and, and scroll back up to the notes that I made on what you were able to discover. You know who looked kind of piratey, that Isoki. Hmm. So the Harlequin's prayer was attacked by Tremeshkin the Razor Carva, who was a notorious Mm. Sheeran space pirate and free captain. It was completely destroyed. All hands on board died. You did some great work on the dock hands because you also found out a couple episodes ago that the Harlequin's prayer had thousands of passengers, including the ship's owner, Otan Sema, who was in debt to Blackwind Engineering, which is the company that now owns the ship and is leading the salvage operation. And Blackwind Engineering was the company that sold the dead bodies to Rishay Tilvarin in the first place. Mm. You also discovered when you were examining the drift engine and getting the signal booster out of it to go install on your ship 
that there was a specific compound residue still on it that indicated internal sabotage. Yeah. You know who also knows about explosive stuff? That Isoki. I did a culture check on her. <gasps> oh. She knows things about things. I have my suspicions about her. She does know things about things. Well, I was just thinking it was curious that this guy is such a like just when he when she when Abby mentioned like needing lots of dead bodies, it may it was curious that that line specifically just kind of stuck in my head. Yeah, but you would think that he would like I I don't know. It seems like he would be more he would have known more about the situation when we came in if that was the case. Like if he was involved in all of that, it seems more like that Isoki group. It's a shame you weren't able to get a. Uh, get anything from that harlequin's prayer there there was a lot of dead bodies in that scenario yes yes a shame riche got there first as she tends to do yeah. mm. so you're kind of competitors huh uh, i would say we're not exactly friends i'm indeed a little surprised that she even sent you my way <laughs> huh Noted. Dustin, I am going to let your sense your sense motive ride a little bit at a 19 and tell you that Friday, you don't have anything firm to go on, but he did he did blink a little. He did blink a little too quickly at the mention of Harlequin's prayer. You seem a little uh, upset about the whole situation. Uh, it's a, it's a, I'm sure it would have helped you and your cause greatly. Oh, indeed. Of course I'm of course I'm upset. I'm very upset that Riche managed to get to all of those potential specimens before me. Ah, well, uh, I have uh, other sources. Uh, Now go shoot. I have many delicate procedures that need to be undertaken at the moment. I will create your necrographs for you uh, as soon as I, as soon as maybe. Out, out. Okay, (laughs) I I go out the waiting room. As I'm doing that, like making sure it's not in view of the camera, Friday types out and goes, I have a feeling he's responsible for the the ship. Yeah, seems fishy, this whole thing, but not really our business, eh? (laughs) Not without more more information. (laughs) Valid does a big stretch and she's like, ah, we're here for the money. (laughs) Okay, so Angel, my necrograft getting friend the <laughs> surgery is going to take about four hours and then oh you need to spend an additional eight hours in one of the recovery tanks in the recovery room that you passed through earlier and in the meantime after he completes the surgery Rigan will be creating necrografts for you that is going to take him around two days okay so okay. that's that's what uh, Vix and Rigan are up to for the next several hours. What do the other three of you want to do? Do you want to continue prying into the Harlequin's Prayer Mystery? Do you want to go to the mall? What's uh, <laughs> what are we doing? Do you want to go back to your ship and see if you can help the goblins install the signal booster faster? I think what Friday's going to do is after we receive the necrographs. He's just going to drop an anonymous tip to the the stewards to check the, the connection between this guy and that mysterious explosion. Sounds good. Okay, so in about two days, you'll drop off a tip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, Friday has some stuff he needs to sell. He has a gold ship that I think he's going to have melted down before he sells it. So people don't like put common <laughs> two and two together. 
uh, that's worth 1,500 credits. And uh, I think we have some other stuff we want to sell, but we'll do all that offline. Yeah, well, let's do shopping and selling stuff offline. Angel, I'm going to say that, like, you know, about a day has passed. You're fully recovered. You got you got the Necrograft installed, so you, that leaves the four of you with one more di- with one more day on Absalom Station. And let me go ahead and find you your Necrograft, Angel. While recovering, I'm going to try to just observe as much passive conversation as I can since I'm there, just in case anything pops up that I might glean. But I'll just be actively listening and watching everything from your recovery tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make me uh yeah just make me a culture check okay with 18 on the dice that is 23 23 all right you are a little groggy in your recovery tank but you're not so out of it that you don't notice people coming in and out uh, that you don't notice for example Riche Tulverin stops by you can't hear anything uh, that anyone says because they either are meeting with Rygan in the Necroforge itself or they're meeting with him elsewhere. But uh, people pass through the room and you are able to sort of blearily creak, cradle, just creak one eye open and notice that Riche paid a visit. Interesting. Okay, make a note of that one. And I'm also going to link you. I'm putting it in the Roll20 chat, but here are the stats for your Necrograft. Uh, this gland is essentially, uh, it's a undead adrenal gland. It supplements your own adrenal gland or similar organ. It floods your body with necrotic energy that counteracts many of the failings of living flesh. And once per day, you can activate it to, you can activate it as a move action, which will grant you immunity to death effects, energy drain, exhaustion, (gasps) fatigue, paralysis, sleep, and stunning for a number of minutes equal to the necrograph's mark so one minute in this case interesting cool yeah i know it is cool the big drawback on getting necrographs however is that to anyone that is searching for undead sensing undead or spells that specifically target the undead subtype you now register as undead because you have undead you have an undead body part attached to you oh cool you know what next level there's a spell that only affects undead it's like a healing one <laughs> no maybe i'll pick that up next Ooh. level there you go nice <laughs> way to make it work for you hey <laughs> always seeing the bright side good job falling on that particular grenade for the team angel <laughs> extra extra experience yeah I'm picturing most of the recovery time is also time for you know miss fanny to almost have like the cells match up so she can move it around so it's almost like kind of imbuing it with their own kind of taking over the cells and kind of doing like the integration as well nice i like that idea especially since miss fanny like would be intimately aware of the composition of their of their own body and the ways in which they can they can affect it so that's pretty cool okay so i'm gonna say while miss fanny is still in her recovery tank watching the comings and goings and integrating the new adrenal gland into her body. And maybe during this time period, Friday is snooping or kind of <laughs> inspecting the void jammer for all of the for all of the captainy things that need to be inspected, getting to know his new space goblin crew. Saren and Ballad, you said that you wanted to go out to dinner. You wanted yeah, some one-on-one yeah. time to further your bond and talk about your trauma. 
slash Ballad's Incredible Adventures. Ballad knows a real cool restaurant that has like uvite tourmaline you know really beautiful red rocks (laughs) that theron might enjoy eating i don't know (laughs) yeah i would love that that sounds delicious i've always liked tourmaline oh great will you be able to eat anything there Um, i guess you don't really eat do you oh no i do i do i do gotta eat it's like it's one of those things but i already you know they have other stuff it's not just a shimmering restaurant don't worry they have like a limited non-shimmering menu (laughs) can can i tell you something Sure, of course. Um, I've never actually eaten at a shimmering restaurant before. <gasps> I usually just source all of my own food. So, um, yeah. Wow. Ooh. Mom always said not to uh, interact with the other shimmering. So I don't know why, but. Oh, well, hopefully you're comfortable going there, right? I hope I'm not overstepping I mean, any bounds. No, I mean, I'm fine with it. I just, you know, I'm always curious, but. I think there's always been that thing in the back of my mind that just says, maybe I shouldn't do this, but if you're there, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I don't need to listen to my mom. I'm 32. You're your own full-grown rock. (laughs) Full-grown rock. You don't have to listen to anybody. All right. Well, as long as you're, you know, into it. Um, I just thought, you know, I'm glad to hear you've never been to one because that means I get to, they're super rare. So, and it's like a pretty small place. And one of those things you only sort of get to know on such a big, you know, station (laughs) Uh, if you you have the right friends. Oh, I bet. What's it called? God, I didn't think of that. (laughs) I knew I knew you hadn't. I was I was trapping you. <laughs> Damn! I thought of what rock, like their specialty rock, they would serve, but not the name. <laughs> uh, the mineral deposit. <laughs> Writing that down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my lord! <laughs> Putting that in the notes. Saren laughs at that. That is that's a really clever name for a shoe. So I like it. <laughs> I like that other shivers also like rock buns. Uh, <laughs> What are you yeah, kidding? It's the <laughs> best joke on Shimmer and Zara. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, uh, yeah, really tongue-in-cheek. I like that about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so you head out to the mineral deposit. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I'm going to say is also in the Sparks district in the Spike. Mm. It's, you know. It's nice enough. It's not a super upscale neighborhood, but it also, but it does feature a lot of really fun uh, hole in the wall sort of specialty restaurants just from the various species that live on that level. So you head to the mineral deposit and you walk in and there's, it's a really small restaurant. I'm going to say Mm -hmm. it's, it's really only like four tables and then a small kitchen towards the back that has one of those big open windows. And there's one shimmering working back there. And their their crystals are just a deep, deep red. And as the two of you walk in, they, they look up and there's crystals just all over begin just this rippling <laughs> wave of joyous sparkles when they see Saren 
Ballad does a little two finger salute. Ballad, welcome back. And you brought a friend. <laughs> this shimmering walks around the counter, wiping their hands on a dish towel, and then reaches out their hands to you, Saren. Saren awkwardly, but that uh, sparkly pl- pattern in your cheeks, blushing, um, reaches <laughs> out and awkwardly takes their hands. I'm imagining that like they reached out with their palms upwards. And mm-hmm. Saren just kind of like grafts them. <laughs> <laughs> typical Shimmer and Saren greeting. <laughs> well, I think actually this this shimmering looks a little surprised for a second, as if that wasn't quite what they were expecting when they held their hands out. But they go with it. They curl their fingers, their crystalline red fingers around Saren's hands and just kind of gently squeeze. Just like, oh, we've never been to Shimran Sara, I take it. Uh, no, <laughs> I, no, I don't remember ever going there, at least. Grew up off world? Yeah, um, all over the place. Saren's fidgeting, has released the, the hands and is fidgeting, scratching at your neck and looking around the room. Yeah, Ballad is like, grabbing your arm and like making sure she's like aware that they're there for sure. Um so so no I've not I've not been I I guess I don't know the greeting. What um what was I supposed to do? Nothing much more than what you were doing, but and then she holds they hold their hands out again. And Saren holds <laughs> your hands out above above their own or above the this this other ship rings. And then they'll take their right hand and they'll press your left one down onto their palm and then nod at you to press your hand on top of theirs. Ah, okay. Saren Saren then goes through the motion pressing your palm on their palm, the the top of their hand in formal greeting. There we are. You'll be a, you're a natural. You'll be Shimran (laughs) Saren native born in no time. Uh, in the meantime, it would be my honor to prepare something for you. What what would you like? Ballad said you had some really good uh, red tourmaline. Um, Ballad flatters me, and they flutter their they flutter their crystalline <laughs> eyelashes. Ballad, <laughs> oh, I don't flatter you. I only tell the truth. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch your name. I'm Pira, by the way. Pira. Okay, that is a very pretty name. Thank you. Um, I'm Saren. Pleasure to meet you, Saren. Yes, tourmaline it is. Ballad, what will you have? Oh, you know, whatever, like, food for non-shimmering you have laying around. I know it's a limited menu, so. I imagine, like, what they have is, like, <laughs> just only side dishes. Like, things like, they have, like, fries. They don't have, have any mashed meat. potatoes. <laughs> yeah, they have, like, mashed potatoes or something. <laughs> Mac and cheese chicken nuggets. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, no. That's exactly what they have. Okay, so she goes into the back. And uh, you know, you two sit down, you know, with your waters and uh they will bring out to you uh a a tourmaline uh bowl of of just very it's obviously been very well taken through like a rock polisher yes (laughs) it's been very well polished all of the sediment has been cleared out of it it is smooth it is beautiful it has a wonderful texture when you finally crunch down on it and for a ballad it's a plate of of dinosaur chicken fingers (laughs) (laughs) and And a cup of mac and cheese She's happy to have it. If we were to look in the trash, would there in fact be a, a, a cardboard box with a yes. uh, penguin on it? Yes, absolutely. And she and they they really did microwave it. 
<laughs> this is not a restaurant for humanoids. <laughs> or for fleshy, organic beings. <laughs> no organics are expected here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Ballad is, is perfectly happy with that. She knew what they were getting into when <laughs> they came here, so... Yeah, so yeah, she just sits down and kind of nods at Pira again in thanks. And then uh, while while Saren is crunching on Jurok, she'll just be like, so you um you wanted to talk about, I don't know, a lot of stuff, I'm sure. We kind of have, we, we have we've, we've discussed it a little, but like we have that whole connection and everything. Yeah, um, you... You were talking about, I was just really curious, um, you know, about your time as a, uh, as an assassin. Ballad doesn't look very tense, but on the inside, she kind of tenses. I think the only sign of it is that her face twitches a little bit. Um, and they just say like, well, um, hmm, what can I say? It was, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It was thrilling for a while. I can't lie, you know, I got into it because I was offered the chance to get revenge for something that was done to a community I really care about. And then it just sort of spiraled (laughs) out of control. And by the end, I was just so freaking tired of doing it, of progressing the evil of this, this big, huge horrible black hole of an organization you know pretending like well you know I was killing other evil people so I kept telling myself it was fine but you start to see the forest more than the trees after a while Saren throughout all of this is sitting you know head in in or head in your hands just like enraptured listening to the story and it's like <laughs> I, 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 I know yeah I I mean, yeah, I, I get what you mean about seeing the forest and realizing that you're part of a bigger, pretty awful structure. I mean, I mentioned mm-hmm. a cult earlier, you know, I was, and I, I haven't really talked about it, but I mean, it just sounds, being an assassin sounds, on the surface, it sounds really fun. Like you'd lo- get to go to lots of cool places <laughs> and see lots of cool things, go, you know, jump off <laughs> buildings sometimes. I, I don't know. Um <laughs> It, it it just sounds oh, like a very fun lifestyle, uh, but I mean, I get what you mean. Where sooner or later you realize that maybe just because you're killing the bad guys doesn't mean you're not also uh, doing something bad. Yeah, I think maybe if I wasn't working for the GL, it would have been a different story. But that wasn't the case. And then Ballad, I don't, you know, I don't want to tell the whole story as Ballad because it's going to be quite long. But basically. She quickly summarizes the fact that, like, she was in a community of people that were, like, really sort of down and out, but all taking care of each other in in a little hole <laughs> community in uh, in uh, Akiton, uh, in Mero. So she, she was taking care of helping this community, initially a big part of it because she was staying with Dreg, who is like the founder of the area. The community's called the Barrel because I'm so creative. No. Um, <laughs> and she she was trying to take care of these people and help them. And initially things were going really well, but then there was there was violence. Some like u- uber rich, nasty asshole rolled through and 
he was trying to, one of her friends was like a prostitute and he ended up hurting her so she beat the hell out of him <laughs> and then of course rich asshole had a rich daddy and it escalated the GL approached Ballad and said hey you want to help us get this guy we can get you access and that's how things got rolling and eventually it got to the point where like you know the GL had leverage on Ballad at first the whole thing for her was like I don't want this community to face any more backlash from my actions like me beating up that guy got this rich asshole to start you know sending his thugs in and then all these people got hurt and their businesses got fucked up and all this stuff happened she didn't want that to be the case anymore and so she started killing people for the money straight up and like would just be sending the creds back but staying out of the community so that her actions wouldn't like become some some collateral you know um yeah and in the end her protection was but like she said you know in the end her her protection was only worth so much or like what she was doing for the community was only worth so much when like she was doing so much more damage to to broader society in the end uh and it's like she's like hey, you know it's a sad thing when your good intentions are <sighs> so warped and end up hurting more people than doing good but I'm sure, I mean, anyway, sorry, that was like a long story, <laughs> but you know, um, what about you? What about this, this cult situation? If you want to, would you feel comfortable talking about it? Like what happened? Yeah. Well, I just want to say, I, I can see how much you really care about the people around you. I know that you pushed everyone away for a while because you didn't want them hurt by your actions but I think someone who really cares is going to do that and even if you were doing ostensibly bad things you, that doesn't make you a bad person oh but yeah so Bzz. Bzz. brief in between Bzz. like Valid does ah. do a big blink sorry Valid does a big blink when you say that and like looks really surprised and they say thank you for saying that Saren I really, sometimes I need to hear that. <laughs> Saren's data pad, I assume, is ringing and will. <laughs> yes. uh, she will pick, pick up the, the, the comm and um, look and see who it is. I assume it's Goog. Yeah, you can hear Flea Grieb and Rattlesnarp uh, snarking at each other in the background. But yes, Goog is the one who is speaking. Like, okay, so we have another problem. All right, what oh, uh, what what is it, Goog? Well, we're trying to get it set up, but it, the computer keeps saying device not found, and I don't understand because we have it on. You know, the signal is going. Captain Friday turned the ship on for us, so I know it's not that. And then we tried powering the ship down and trying to power it back up, and it's still saying device not found. And it's, an unknown uh, error occurred. Have, have you have you have you checked the fat Cat Five connector? Um, of course. Okay. Um, well, what about uh, just just humoring humoring me on this? Have have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? I know you turned it off, but what about unplugging it to to see if to see if once you plug it back in, it'll power cycle and um. Wait, <laughs> Unplug it! <laughs> you don't tell us what to do! No, that was Saren! Saren wants you to unplug it! 
If it's not that, maybe it's the vapor manifold. I know those sometimes, if they're not spinning at just the right revolutions per minute, then it, it's not going to actually spool up and read. So maybe maybe we try that after you try plugging it back in. Okay. Thank you for thank you for helping Goog out, Rattlesnarp. Okay, we're going to give that a try. I'll call you back. All right. <laughs> thank you. <Boop. laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, don't oh, you just love our new crap. crewmates ballad? <laughs> I... I actually do. I think it's fun. They are all of this. They are a ton of fun. I like I like being chief engineer. <laughs> <laughs> you gives me a confidence it. boost. <laughs> well, you should have more confidence. Saren quickly brushes that off, and uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's like you you mentioned you asked me about the cult. I, I kind of mentioned it uh, a while ago, but not in great detail. One of the things that really um, so. I mentioned that um, when I left Akiton, um, Persephone, my sorry, my mom. You probably had plenty of interactions with 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 Zer, but Z yeah. uh, had pretty much given me to Serakiel, and Serakiel was done with me and used me as a bargaining chip with the Disciples of Grace in like a power struggle thing. I'm not quite sure of the exact details. And then, so the whole thing with the Disciples of Grace is that they look like they are um, on the surface, you know, they're taking in orphans, they're taking in all these people that uh, they say are their leader, you know, set it up as, you know, they, they talked about so a enigmatic deity contacting them and by following them, they would be granted protection and immortality. And uh, so in the process, you know, they brought in these fanatics and then um, turned them into slaves and started selling slaves. And so the whole thing just became, you know, from from my from what I've gone through, it was pretty much just, well, species trafficking, to, you know, for slavery. So uh, black market slavery. And I kind of I mean, you know, I like you, I was a cog in the wheel of the machine. Um, Sounds like you probably had a lot less choice about it than I did. I mean, circumstances push us to do things regardless of whether or not we would choose them normally. I don't think you would have chosen to to kill people if it if you didn't have to to help you help and protect your people. That is really wise. <laughs> My throat. <laughs> I think it actually makes sense that Ballad's throat gets a little 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 Flemmy. <laughs> Gross. No, but robot um, phlegm. Yeah, my robot phlegm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they seem they they get a really thoughtful look on their face when you say that. I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right, but still, it sounds like your mom. Well, I kind of knew this about Zer, but Z wasn't a great person. No, I mean, Z Z missed Shimon Sarah and couldn't go back. So the drugs. The drugs allowed Zer to go back. I don't know that that makes her a bad person, just a bad mother. Yeah, maybe that's more what I mean. It's hard for me to forgive Zer knowing that Z hurt you. Mm-mm. Thanks, Ballad. But that's also not my choice. <laughs> no, I always no, want to ask you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, Ballad. I just, I always just want to talk to Zer and see if. See if Z will uh, ever explain why we were always running. I really hope you get that chance. I, I think you you seems like you might need those answers. And if if you don't get that chance, then 
we'll do what we can to heal anyways, eh? <laughs> yeah, we will. And we've got each other and the captain now. And and, and Relora. Uh, not that I was forgetting her. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. The linchpin of the group. <laughs> the one who will take a necrograph to the adrenal gland for the team. <laughs> take a necrograph for the team is also a good episode. <laughs> Just for my own uh, curiosity, uh, has Pura been listening in or hearing anything? How is Pira responding to all of this? They've been cooking in the background, but yeah, uh, they're they're within earshot. You might want to make a, I guess, like a perception check to know if they've caught more. Sure. <laughs> uh, no, Saren doesn't know anything. Saren rolled an eight total. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to you like they've been like they've been listening. I got a natural twenty for a twenty five. All right. Ballad, you don't you are obviously generally familiar with with Shimreen uh, as you've been mm-hmm. living with one and also knew about this restaurant in the first place. So you're also familiar with this particular <laughs> Shimreen. And you know that Pira is not in their uh usual spot where they do most of the arranging for food. They are far closer than they usually oh my gosh. Are and you're also familiar enough with their habits in the kitchen to realize that they seem quite a bit dimmer than they usually do. They usually mm. have a much happier gleam to their crystals. Uh, and you've been around Saren long enough to kind of know what a depressed Shimreen looks like or a Shimreen that's feeling very sad. <laughs> we made them sad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ballad will will bring that up with Saren when they leave. Just so, be like, oh, sorry, I should have told them not to, you know, be nosy. But <laughs> are you are you two heading out the door? I'm good. I don't think I have anything else. Saren will thank Pira, though. Yeah, yeah. Big thanks to Pira. Big shout outs. As you come up to pay, Pira waves the two of you off. Like, no. it's on me. Oh, oh um. Thank, thank you, but why? Well, I've known Ballad a long time, and I hope to know you better. Thank you for coming in. And Saren, as you turn to leave, uh, Pira will touch your shoulder and murmur so low that only you can hear, like, you honor us, Emprix Deset. Oh, Saren, oh no! Like, Fuck. What have I done? What? <laughs> what? I'm just, what? And close to the scene. Sar- Saren's like, you know, like it, we end on that. And then Saren's like panicking and like doesn't say anything about it to Ballad. <laughs> yeah, I would expect to not. <laughs> like bakes it back to the ship <laughs> and is real distracted the entire way. Yeah, I think because of our co- the contents of our conversation, Ballad is too thoughtful and in their own head to like even notice that you're kind of having a inner turmoil moment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when when you both arrive at the ship, uh, Friday has this angry look on his face. He goes, "Saren, we come here." Saren, oh um, box for a second is like, oh, um, yeah, okay, uh, yes, Captain, I'll be right there, and um, hustles hustles over. 
uh, standing real slouched and looking down at the ground again. Hey, oh, hey, oh. Well, you know, those goblins made a right fang mess while you're gone, but, uh, you, you know, but, uh, yeah, here. And he hands over these, this little box. Saren takes the box and opens it up. Uh, what's inside? Inside is a stack of business cards, and it says, Saren Caceres, chief engineer. Saren, uh, beams, like, your entire, uh, being, like... You know, the, the whole thing about Emperor's Desert is just, like, forced out of your mind for a half second. And she looks at it and closes the box and then Aww. hugs Friday. Oh, thank you, Captain. This is uh, possibly one of the nicest things someone's ever done for me. Uh, you definitely deserve it. Oh, I'm going to leave y'all to that and I'm going to go check on Rolora. Valid just leaves and goes to the, the recovery <laughs> tank. <laughs> She's like, this is a moment that y'all are having. <laughs> that's beautiful. I love that so much. That's so that's so sweet. Well, I think we're going to yeah. leave it there. I think enough things have happened in this episode to all of you. Except Friday. I've got to do something to Friday. I haven't I haven't I haven't done something mean to Friday. His charm uh, gets a, him out of a, a lot minute. of shit. So I'll maybe next episode, next episode. And he deserves something to happen to him because he's so charming. And yep, that's, I'll think of something. Anyway, Far Beyond the Stars is a fantastic <laughs> world production. Thank you so much for listening to the show. In the meantime, if you can't get enough of us, we also produce a second show, the Fantastic Worlds podcast, based on the Reign of Winter Adventure Path for Pathfinder 1E. Dustin runs that one. Uh, so him Darn. being on my show is my punishment. We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord and Reddit for following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to access all of those on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. If you'd like to support the pod, please consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash, where you can get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows and a whole extra Pathfinder 2E podcast produced exclusively for our Patreon subscribers, run by Jess, who is... A glorious ringmaster. Thank you. Dustin is also a glorious game dad. I, I, I tease I tease him, but he is glorious, and you should definitely uh, listen to that show. They're both delights to listen to. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm Abby, your galactic mistress, the most delightful of them all, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Heidi. I'm apparently playing the Empress Desert. Um, mm. I mm-hmm. whatever that is. Chief um, Engineer Empress Desert. <laughs> Chief Engineer Empress Desert. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vamahillion or on Discord at Heidelon hashtag five eight three six. This is Angel Espinoza, whose character is recovering from having dead parts installed. The dead parts. <laughs> Necro Fanny. <gasps> oh, Necro Fanny. Necro Fanny. Uh, <laughs> Another good episode title. <laughs> um, I can be reached at Espinoza916. This is Jess, your favorite Android cat girl. Feeling pretty pensive and thoughtful. Those are the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> what a what a whirlwind we've been on today. <laughs>
<laughs> you can find me at Hank the Clank. I forgot that part. <laughs> <laughs> this is your aloof cowboy Friday, Francisco. You can find hit. You can find his player at Dustin Alexander at Dustin Alexander. If you enjoy our show, do us a favor, help spread the word to family and friends you think may enjoy the show as well. And it's not even a may, uh, it's a definitely will because our show is super good. So go into their favorite podcatcher, subscribe, download the first episode for them. They will thank you for it. And we will see you next time, Far Beyond the Stars. Pew, pew. Far pew, pew. Beyond the Stars. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. Uh, Abs, just real quick, we can't move our icons just to let you know. Oh, let me fix that real quick. Or at least I can't. Somebody might else might be able to. No, I didn't do it for anybody. I don't. I just want. I want you to sit there and let me play out the entire story. <laughs> I'm just it's going to Abby's do that time. thing. It's Abby's time. I'm going to do that thing that my sister hated when we were playing pretend as children, where it was kind of like, and then you you go and do this, and this happens to you. <laughs> She'd be like, no, I don't. <laughs> Mm. I'm combining cottage cheese with Cajun fries, and I love it. Mm, <laughs> That's cheese. so weird. I mix it up on a, on a whim. I'm enjoying it. Thank you, Flea Grebe and Goog. Okay. I'm not Flea Grebe. I'm Rattlesnarp. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, I definitely thought that was Flea Grebe. Saren would have known that that was Rattlesnarp. So... The, Abby They're didn't going... remember what Fleegrim's voice sounded like, so she did this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh...